Welcome to the South of the Six podcast, bringing you the latest on your favorite Toronto sports teams from south of the Canadian border. Here's your host, Adam Corsair. All right, what's up? Welcome to episode 113 of the South of the Six podcast. We are part of the stadium scene.tv network and part of the overtime media crew. Round one, game one, sucked. Raptors lost. We're back into this notion of the Raptors losing game one, but I have a feeling everything's going to be okay. We are joined by the usual suspects for our round table discussion. So here we go. Joining me is Damar Grant of Tip of the Tower. Damar, man, what's going on? Going great. You know, just just chilling, wait until Game of Thrones comes on. Wait until Game of Thrones. You know what? This is... This is a nice little thread because when you joined the podcast for the very first time, I don't know, a year or two ago, mm-hmm. we were talking about Game of Thrones, so it's it's pretty much come full circle right now. So right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, also joining me is the host of the 416 Basketball Podcast, Mr. Jordan Kligman. What's up, man? DeRosa did it! <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right. And also Connor Chambers of Toronto Sports Views in the TSV Podcast. Connor, you got you got to you got to cool the Jets, man. Everything's gonna be okay. Oh, no, I'm fired up. Let's get this going. All right, I'm I'm more I'm I'm I, I wish I was as chill as a White Walker. <laughs> wow. Put him. Uh, <laughs> you need a child because that's a dad joke right there, man. <laughs> that was a good one, eh? I need a dad bond to go with it too, Pierce. Let's go. No, let's. All right. Let, let's before we get into this Raptors talk and how upset or maybe not upset we are. Um, Yo, Game of Thrones. Like, I feel like everybody who listens to this podcast, or mostly everybody, is a Game of Thrones fan. It's kind of hard to find someone that's not. First of all, is anybody here not a Game of Thrones fan? Never seen the show. You motherfucker. Is this <laughs> it sucks to be you, bro. Real? Is that like an active avoidance, or are you just not into it? It's just not something that appeals to me. I watch a lot of TV, but I'm just like, yeah, I don't think so. Are you are you one of those guys? You're not one of those guys who like goes on social media and you're like, I have never seen one of these before, and everybody else can suck it. Like, please don't tell me you're one of those people because I I really those people are. I don't uh, think I've ever tweeted that, but I'm just like, thank God. (laughs) I mean, that's a good tweet. I can schedule that in now. You have to make it so you have it in brackets in a British accent too, because apparently, (laughs) yeah, you do. Yeah. Game of Thrones is kind of like a hard sell for people that are like not in because you're like, yeah, it's like Lord of the Rings, but like, you know, there's dragons and like castles and like there's like a lot of sex in the first season. Like it's kind of hard to be like, oh, yeah, I'm totally in when you're when you like never watched it at all. But it is literally for everyone. You got like politics, you have war, you have romance, you have comedy, you have sex if you're into that. You have everything, <laughs> literally everything, dragons, magic, everything you could possibly ask for in a show. Is but that's in the there. thing. That's the thing. The, the dragons and magic is like, whoa, 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 hold on a second. Dragons and magic. It's like I'm, yes, some people secondary. Are, I know, but like it, you have to mention it because it's actually a large part of the show is like the, mis- the mystical or magical element of it, even though that it's kind of secondary, but like a lot of the story hinges on those magical elements. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Dana- I- All I know is Daenerys is going to blow a 3 nothing dragon lead. Oh, God. Whoa, wow. 
That's it. You have some uh, <laughs> some inside new. I don't know, man. I when it comes to predicting who's going to win the Game of Thrones, to me, it's it, it could be anyone. They, so much so that they have Vegas odds. Did you see this? They have Vegas odds, and I I think Bran is the the one with the best odds to win the Game of Thrones. That good. That good. I don't know about best odds. But that makes kind of some sense to me. Well, the theory is that he's the he is sorry the uh, the Ice King. The Night King. Uh, the Night King, yeah. He is him, yeah. and it all comes back. Yeah. Full. I'm sorry, Jordan. We're, we're keeping you out of the loop here. but My um, money's on Jon Snow. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't think it's happening. It's, it, doesn't, it's, it makes too much sense. He's not an heir to the throne, though. You Boy. don't bring a motherfucker back from the dead and not have him be, at least come close. Come on. It's too easy. It's too easy, though. It's too easy. That's the problem. Well, he, he, fu- he fucked his aunt, so he deserves a throne. I mean, that's true. That's no, true. man. I'm just... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you know, if I could place a bet, I guess we could do this at the beginning here. But I'm, my bet is probably going to be like on Sansa being wow. a, being the queen. Because she has basically, she just went through like, think of her at the beginning of the season. Or not the season, the beginning of the series, right? Mm-hmm. Episode yeah. one, you know, episode two, whatever. He's like, I'm going to have, you know, I'm going to marry Joffrey. And then we're going to have kids. I'm going to have blonde hair. And they're going to be beautiful. I'm going to have like five of them. I'm going to. You know, nurse them all to sleep, and you know we're gonna go to the castle. All I've ever wanted. It's all gonna be great. You know, everything's gonna be fantastic. And then, basically, every single season has been like she's basically like a classic fairy tale character, right? Fairy tale princess. Yeah. And basically, every season has shown like, no, that's not how it works. Okay. (laughs) There's this actually this you know entire like machine that works at King's Landing where like certain people talk to certain people or they. You know, people have secret resources or people are secretly against each other, even though that they're supposed to be in, in an alliance or whatever. So basically every season has been like just like destroying that fairy tale for her up until last season where she basically like became uh, like a idealized version of Cersei. Right. Where she's like now she knows exactly how the game is played. Right. She knows like. People that look like they could be your friend could be, are also your enemy. People that could be your enemy, people that look like enemies could be your friend if you find like common ground, you know, all this type of stuff. She has her own secret allies, all this type of stuff. You know, she knows how King's Landing works now. She knows the politics between the families. Sounds like, she's like got little every- finger to me, man. She's got everything right now. Sounds you know? like you can look like everyone and be Arya and win the Game of Thrones. Oh my God. I I she has no, she has like, what's the point for her? Exactly. Yeah, no, no, I know. Shit. There's no, there's no, there's no point. I was just trying she to be like, I was just trying to be funny. But yeah. No, she doesn't want it. She doesn't care. She just wants to cross off her list, and then that's it. And then she's in pain in the hound left. Yeah, that's true. That's Cersei. In Cersei. In Cersei. She'll get her. I think. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right. Well, <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about how the North remembers because this is so far reminiscent of 2008 when the Raptors got spanked by the magic and it happened again last night. So, all right, just to get a refresher here, right? So this is being recorded on Sunday around noontime, if not at noontime. Um, the Raptors dropped game one last night, and it seems like this is a familiar narrative that people want to attach to about the Raptors losing game one in the playoffs. It's weird to me because they forget that the Raptors won game one last year against the Wizards, so I figure that narrative is over because there really is no curse. Yes, the Raptors have dropped a lot of game ones in their playoff history, but in terms of the continuity of it in the streak, quote-unquote, it's over. Okay, so I don't I don't really want to unpack that at all. Um, 
The Raptors finished the regular season with 58 wins. We predicted 60, Damar and I, and Jordan and Connor predicted 61. We all lost. All right. Um, but hey, we are all optimistic. Um, so here we go. They're they're approaching game two on Tuesday against the Magic. So Damar, I'll start with you. Um, without mentioning Kyle Lowry quite yet, what is your biggest takeaway from game one? My biggest takeaway, um, other than Kyle Lowry, uh, uh, I would say DJ Augustine underrated. <laughs> yeah, I mean Fair. to an ex- to an extent, but not really. I think he's just like just caught fire, and he was like, "Whoa, DJ Augustine's like a legit NBA player." I think that's like an issue sometimes people have uh, regarding like lower rung teams in the NBA. It's like these guys are NBA players; like they're actually like you know this is their job and they're good at it. So like they're definitely going to be good days for specific players. I don't consider uh, yesterday a very good day for DJ Augustine, and that's about it. I don't think the, I don't think like Orlando can even. I mean, there's like a small pathway to them winning, but I can't. I can't really, you know, picture it happening. There's a non-zero percent chance, right? I mean, they're up one zero. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The odds are in their favor. Well, the interesting thing, I think DJ Augustine had 19 points at the half. And if you take that game winner away from him, he only had three other points, I think, in the second half. Like, so everyone's saying how great he is. And yeah, he was amazing in that first half. And that game winner is massive. But I feel like there's a lot of other factors at play. And the biggest factor, I think, was Nick Nurse. Ooh, say more. Uh, Nick Nurse. Played Jody Meeks some first quarter minutes. He played a two center lineup with Serge Ibaka and Marcus Sol. Um, I I don't know why either of those things happened. I don't know why Kawhi Leonard only played like thirty three minutes and he checked in at six forty three in that fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. I I don't know why you're waiting that long. I really don't. Like what what are we doing here? Like no nah, bingo. Like that's it. I, I yeah. Go ahead. The the one thing I heard someone say is the Raptors didn't look shook. Like in previous years, you could see like just panic start to like roll in when things were going bad. I don't think the Raptors ever panicked in this game. I never thought we were going to lose the game throughout the game. I wasn't worried. I was like, oh, we're still we're still going to win. It's fine. But like. I think the Raptors just thought like this is this is a regular season game and they could just pull it out at the the end and that's not what this was. It was a playoff game. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm with you. I I don't understand why Kawhi played just north of 33 minutes. Um, I figured this whole load management or whatever throughout the regular season, this is why we were doing it. So we could average like 38 to 40 minutes a game. Um, I understand this is game one. You don't want to push all your chips in game one. It's a seven game series if it makes it that far. But that was my biggest takeaway that Kawhi Leonard should have been playing more. I don't really have a huge issue with Meeks checking in, checking in for two minutes, two minutes, whatever. I, I, I mean, sure, you can nitpick at that, but I don't think that swayed the pendulum that much. But no, Kawhi Leonard... The first quarter minutes, though? Like, I understand if guys are tired and guys need to rest like late, like third quarter or something. This is first quarter. We should still yeah. have guys that like that are yeah. in our rotation. 
Yeah, uh, no, I, I I completely agree, and it comes down to um, the the coaching decisions. I think that you know it was more out of necessity why Serge and Gasol were playing on the floor at the same time because there's no OG to sort of mitigate that. Um, I don't know if there's a suitable replacement for OG to be able to substitute Shift him. Kawhi to power forward. Yeah, I, I think you could do that. But all right, so who's then playing the three? Danny Green can play small forward. And you're going to have Norman, Kyle and, and Fred at Kyle, the same time? Kyle and Fred, yeah, that's that's fine. Or you get Norman Powell in there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that's a bad decision. I just think that this is classic Nick Nurse that he just wants to fiddle with things that he shouldn't be fiddling with in the playoffs. Um, yeah, this is like game one, bro. It's like, I guess you can kind of get away with like checking like different lineups and how they work in game one. But like, you know, we're, we're playing. This is like we're playing for keeps now, bro. Yeah, <laughs> like this is like, you know, I get all the, the, the scientific work that happens in the regular season. That totally makes sense to me. Uh, but you should probably have those go-to lineups by now, even if OG's injured, because the Raptors have probably been one of the most injured teams in the league this year. Like every, there was just constant shuffling of the deck. Right. So you should be able to like, you know, have a go-to lineup, even if you're missing OG. Connor, go ahead. What are your biggest takeaways from yesterday's game? I just think that the Raptors missed so many open shots. Yeah. Like every, every shot that they took in the first quarter you were like they started one of eight or one of nine from three you like, oh that's in rims out oh that's in hits every part of the rim and bounces out you're like oh fuck like i don't, I just don't think that the the raptors created the opportunities that they needed to create and they just weren't hitting them so um the fact that kyle lowry finished with a grand total of zero fucking points and dj augustine was the second coming of steph curry and the and the magic only won by three does i mean like, am I frustrated? Yeah, I'm pretty heated about this loss. About especially with the things that you said about Nick Nurse's rotations. Like, why the fuck is Kawhi Leonard on the bench in the fourth? <laughs> You're passionate, man. I love it. it. No, like it's this is this is playoffs, right? Like, it's not time. Like, there's no load management does not exist. Like, no, this, this narrative true. is over, right? Like, I I get it, and and I'm I'm very like I'm I'm sitting back and I had to mute my mic because I'm I completely agreed with everything that that Jordan was saying, because look, like Nick, man, wake up, dude. I've been on your side all year, but like Kawhi can't be, Kawhi has to be 40 minutes. Kawhi needs to sit two minutes and that is it. This is why you rest him all year. This is why you played him for 60 games out of 82. Like he needs to be on the floor. You want to win games in the playoffs. It's not going to be easy. You can't just overcome uh 10, 12 point deficits in the second half anymore. It's like, like the regular season. Like this does this doesn't happen anymore. But at least the Raptors are creating open shots. They just weren't hitting them. So I'm I'm still confident moving forward into game two. I think that the Raptors will take it. And I think that the Raptors will still take this series. I'm not overly worried about it. But it just it's a lot of the things that I saw heated me. Like I was very like upset about how things transpired because certain things within our control were not being utilized to their full potential. It's not only that, it's also the these runs and this familiar narrative of Nick Nurse being really late to call a timeout. I want to say yesterday there was maybe a 14-15-0 run, and then he calls a timeout. He waits a long time, and I was willing to be forgiving of that in the regular season because I guess it's the regular season, but come playoff time, the margin for error is so slim 
that you have to make sure you're stopping momentum. You have to stop runs at the throat. And if you're not doing that, you're allowing teams to gain momentum. You're allowing teams to build off that. And it's really hard to stop that in the playoffs. So I really would like to see him be a little bit more aggressive with his timeouts. I don't want to see this, oh, the veterans, let them figure it out. I, I don't want that. I'm, I'm tired of that. I think that come playoffs, you have to be quick with the trigger. And if you're not, you're going to fall behind. Amen. <laughs> like, absolutely. We, we've been on the Nick Nurse timeout train, though, all year. Like, yeah. This isn't new. And I'm, I've been right in the first cabin, right along with you. It's just, it's frustrating. You see it happening. You see it unfolding. You're like, Nick, hello? You awake? Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you not see the score? Nick, hello? Yeah. Look yeah. at the, Nick, <laughs> hello? There's a 10 0 run, Nick. 12 0 run, Nick. Like, let's go. And it just, it builds and you get frustrated. And that's just another thing, like frustration, man. But this is why I get to hop on podcasts. I get to unleash my frustrations. It's great. There you go. Sorry, sorry to Mar and, and Jordan for ruining your ears. No, it's okay. <laughs> It's uh, one thing that um, I kind of over, I personally overlooked during the regular season into this playoffs uh, is that Nick Nurse is like, this is his first year of being the head coach. So uh, being the head coach in the playoffs is just like being a player in the playoffs. Like it's different. Yes. And I don't know. And I, I'm not, obviously I'm not inside of like the locker room. I'm not at their meetings, but I have a feeling like there is like a different uh, understanding of how basketball p- is played in the playoffs. And even though that you're an assistant coach, you don't get like, you don't fully get to grasp that until you're in the playoff games. Right. So I have a feeling like <clears throat> what we're talking about right now is like, these are like regular season mistakes, right. That have just like carried over into uh, the playoffs. And I think somebody like somebody, hopefully somebody's like, yo dude, we're like, we're in the playoffs. So maybe we should be like playing people for minutes and like, and uh, making sure people are shooting the ball effectively, and like, like there just needs to be a guy that you know comes over and comes talk to him real quick, and he's like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that's why we've been resting him for th- for uh, for multiple games. All right, yeah. I totally forgot. Watching like next game, Kawhi's gonna play yeah. like forty two minutes. That's fine. That's fine with me. I, I don't I don't have an issue with that at all. Um, I I think you're right. I think something that made me uncomfortable. Um, whether or not you want to see this as a a good or a bad thing, but I didn't really like it, is his comments before the game. He was like, everyone seems just so stress-free. Everybody's like approaching this like every other game. I don't know that that's conducive to how you should be approaching the playoffs. That doesn't make sense to me. You should be sort of like game face, bro. You should be ready to go and kind of ready for war here. You should want to rip someone's face off in the playoffs. Maybe that's just an old school way of thinking. Maybe that's not part of the modern NBA, but for me, that's something that I would like to see less. I want to see guys focused. I want to see guys in game mode. I want to see them ready to roll. Um, You can blame Nick Nurse and his rotations as we have. We can blame him for the lack of timeouts or the late timeouts. But still, there was some performance on the floors that, you know, you guys sort of alluded to as well. Um, You can't shoot 12 for 36 from deep. You just can't. You can't do that in today's NBA and expect to win. It's not going to turn out well. Um, 12 turnovers. I think Orlando committed 11, so it's not like a huge disparity there. But a lot of these turnovers were just lazy floaters and bad passes. These are things that concern me because that's something I really didn't see a lot of in the regular season, which speaks that maybe this is something you can chalk up to jitters. You can talk up to being in the moment, but this is an experienced team. 
right? These aren't a bunch of rookies. These aren't a bunch of players that don't have experience in the NBA, in the NBA playoffs like the Magic. This should be a team that has a, a tight, tight, tight schedule on the floor and should be regimented. The, these are things that just annoy me. Orlando looked like the veteran team. Yes. Like, to, like that's, that's why I kept thinking throughout the game. They look like the veteran team and Toronto looks like the rookie team in game one. I don't, I think it's more like they have nothing to lose. Like literally zero. Like they made it to the playoffs. Everything else is gravy. They haven't been to the playoffs since what Dwight Howard was on the team. Oh, so, wait. yeah. Right. So you're just like, you know, you're playing with house money. It's like, yo, man, take every three that you can. DJ Augustine, I want you to chuck it from three every time. You know, Aaron Gordon, show him like, show him like how, you, how you're going to dunk on like three people. Like basically, it's like right, then, right now for them, it's just like, it's time to show up. You know, there's no like, there's, who is who has picked Orlando to win? No one, right? Literally, like no, no, probably no, not one single that, that one. That one guy um, who was the assistant coach for the Cavs and then got soup thrown on him by Jr. Smith. Oh yeah, yeah, whatever. That Fuck guy man. did right. He's like, this is a matchup that's terrible for the Raptors. No one respected. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'll right. Stop it. <laughs> So it's just like, you know, you're saying they're looking like the veteran team. To me, they just look like, you know, even watching them on the bench, which I feel like Bill Simmons, I'm like, I'm looking at the body language of people on the on the court. But I'm looking them at looking at them on the bench. Everybody's like standing wet, you know, waving towels and stuff. Like they'll be up by like five points and they just look yep. like they just won the championship. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I have a few so when Toronto's like, you know, everybody expects them to win. They expect themselves to win. Right. So when things are going bad, people are like, oh, shit, what the f- what just happened? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not for sure. Yeah. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Um, all right. Well, let's get into it. This is what everyone's talking about. It's pretty much the first time I've seen a single player get blown up on Twitter. Um, and you can chalk it up to paranoia and distress from Raptors fans. But here we go. I want to talk about Kyle Lowry. Um, they're putting a lot of people are putting the loss squarely on his shoulders. And as we just did, the reason why I wanted to unpack everything minus Kyle Lowry is to show that this does not fall directly on his shoulders. I do think that it is a big reason why the Raptors lost, but I don't think this is the only reason why they lost. Um, I feel like he gets an unnecessary bad rap for his playoff performance. I know his numbers aren't great but they're not nearly as bad as people make it seem. I'd say they're pretty average. But going 0 for 7 for shooting in your home court is just unacceptable. So I think it's fair to say, Jordan, that you're typically the one that is on top of all the analytics. So I just want you to sort of unload. How do you gauge Lowry's playoff struggles from yesterday? Well, I think um, his net rating was 25 when DJ Augustine was on the floor, which is really good. Like... The shooting, yeah, that's horrible, and that's a real concern. But the Raptors played well um, when Kyle Lowry and DJ Augustine were on the floor. We played, I think, I think we were bad for those six minutes when Michael Carter-Williams uh, was on. Uh, I believe Kyle Lowry had a net rating of negative 0.9. But we were getting railed when Kyle Lowry was on the bench. So, like, this idea, like... Oh, yeah, if he would have just hit one shot or, like, there were other factors at play here. Like, and people kept telling me that Kyle Lowry was guarding DJ Augustine. I did not see that at all. From the jump, he was, like, on Evan Fournier, I believe. 
uh, early in the game, uh, one of the early plays, he got squished onto Aaron Gordon, and Zach Lowe talked about this. He's like, are the Magic going to fall for this and go with Aaron Gordon, try and make a move on Kyle Lowry in the middle of the floor? And they did. He, he had yeah. like a, this crappy shot, and Kyle Lowry was ready for it. Um, yeah, so like, I, I feel like uh, like people need a like. I understand the memes and narratives, but you also got to pick a lane, right? Because like the whole Lebronto thing, that's not that's clearly not real. LeBron had nothing to do um, with our our playoff struggles. It's it's Ooh. us. It's, it's the shit we do. It's like yeah, LeBron is great. But it's like the other things we do, like uh, like the last few years, we throw two, three guys at him, and their role, the Cavs' role players would torch us. Yes. Like, if you looked at LeBron's playoff stats last year, he did not have better stats against us than the other Eastern teams. And nobody seems any interested in that at all. Like, Kevin Love was shit against everybody else. But against us, he torched us. From inside, he was bodying DeMar DeRozan and CJ Miles, I remember. He was beating Serge Ibaka off the dribble. Kyle Korver just killing us in the corner. I remember Jeff Green hit some shots. J.R. Smith might have done things. George Hill. Like, I can keep naming guys that shouldn't have done anything, that did stuff against us. And if you look at this Magic team... Like, it wasn't the guys that people thought were going to beat us. People thought that, you know, Nick Vucevic was going to beat us. I thought, like, if he stretched out, he could give us problems, but he didn't really stretch out. He tried to beat us inside, and that didn't work. He was, like, 3 of 12 or something. Mm -hmm. All-star Nikola yeah. Vucevic. No slander for him. No <laughs> slander for him at all. They won, Terrence Ross. Terrence yeah, Ross, 2 of 11. Rick, flying. <laughs> like, like I don't understand. It's like that's your yeah. boy, man. Yo, did you see him try to yam it on Ibaka? That was great. <laughs> yeah, I love that Baka said, "Not in my kitchen." <laughs> but yeah, back to what you were saying. Uh, I don't know what else I, where I was going with that, but you were just uh, ripping into Terrence Ross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did though have like a great steal late that like I think. Did you see the one that stole from Danny Green late? I don't recall. Uh, the thing that's going unnoticed is Danny Green had two really bad turnovers in this game. Yeah. He was playing. He was, Those are terrible. He was also playing shit defense. He was on like Augustine for a bit. Um, and like, oh yeah, he hit shots. So it wasn't his fault. And Danny Green is one of these good wing defenders in this league. He's a good switch defender, and he didn't do it in this game, and nobody else is talking about it. And that that's, like, one of the things that bothers me. It's like you've got to hold people accountable. And then also, uh, yeah, Marcus Gasol was, was, was fine in this game, but that buzzer beater DJ Augustine hit was on Marcus Gasol. It was a late switch. If that was Jonas Valanciunas with that late switch, he would have gotten fucking roasted. He oh, would have yeah, gotten rap Raptors fans. He would have gotten fucking roasted. And what I'm hearing from Raptors fans, like, oh yeah, Marcus is slow and like he wasn't gonna guard that. I'm just like, how is that an excuse? Like, yeah, he is slow. 
He didn't do the play. Valanciunas is kind of slow, too, at times. He would have gotten fucking roasted. And you give Marcus all a pass? Fuck you. Uh, speaking of Marcus all, can we talk about that last play? Holy I love shit. it. I love it. But can we talk about that last play with him uh, being the one to take the three? Yes, he was wide open. Wide fucking open. And there's usually that would probably go down in the corner, but... That's not the guy I'm drawing a final play up for. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, Kawhi has to take that shot. Or Danny. I, well, Sorry, what, what, I was laughing so hard. At, <laughs> I'm saying that final play with Marcus Gasol, that final offensive play that the Raptors had with Marcus Gasol taking oh, that Oh, when he was three. wide open in the corner? Yeah, why are you out? drawing that up for Marcus Gasol? I, don't, I mean, I don't he's, think, I don't he's wide open up. in the corner and it rimmed out. I don't think they it drew did. it up for Marcus Hall. I just think that he found the space and went there. I think that that was Kawhi's play, and Kawhi should have taken it to the to the hoop. And I think that he no, did. No, I, I, that is the correct. You guys are like, this is like early LeBron syndrome where he's like, no, you have to take the shot. He's like, but he made the correct basketball play. Yeah. He, he did. No, 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 no. He did, but I'm just more confident with the ball in Kawhi's hands by the rim than I am at corner three with Marcus Hall. I don't know. I'll take those corner threes, bro. I'll take the corner three. Yeah, it's the it's the correct it's the correct basketball play, but I don't believe Marcus has hit a corner three with the Raptors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, if, even if you look back with the Grizzlies, his threes are above the break, and he he hits those when he's open, which is good. Um, but like he's not used to shooting in the corner, yeah. so like yes. That's the that's the play. Like in theory, you absolutely wanna wanna or shot you want to go to, but like it's the wrong guy. It's it's not it's not something he's used to. So it's like it it like I don't know. I'm not surprised he missed it. Should have been Pascal. That's his spot too. Um, <laughs> yeah, Pascal. What a uh, moment that would have been for him, eh? Oh Great. man, that would have been awesome. Um, uh, to his credit, all right, we're we're sort of unpacking on Kyle Lowry. I want to bring it back to him. Uh, to his credit, he was the only starter in the plus column. All right, everyone else was in the negative. Kyle Lowry was a plus eleven. Um, so scoring is it's a big deal. It is like people can make this argument of oh, if you hit just one three and one free throw, we're not talking about this. That's true, but look, ifs and buts, man. Like I I, I hate that kind of argument because there are a lot of other things that you can point to, as Jordan alluded to, saying if this didn't happen or if that didn't happen the way it unfolded. I hate those types of arguments to prove a point. Um. The bottom line is, I don't think this falls squarely on Lowry's shoulder, but I do think it's acceptable to point out his poor shooting performance. Um, I don't know what kind of Kyle Lowry we're supposed to be anticipating for the playoffs, and maybe, DeMar, you can unpack this a little bit more, but if your starting point guard's not scoring, which he wasn't, as long as he's doing other things, like facilitating the offense and being the general, then it's okay. Sort of. Maybe not in the playoffs, but in a vacuum, it's okay. Because that's pretty much what he was doing. So going 0 for 6 from deep is terrible. Going 0 for 7 overall is terrible. But at least he's not, like, throwing the ball away every possession. He's still facilitating the offense. Or do you disagree with that, Demar? Right, you can get away with that. <clears throat> um, you can get away with it if everybody else on the team scores. Which was sort of happening, because it was also a low-scoring game. Nobody could really hit a 3. But... The biggest issue is like he bricked literally every attempt yeah. he had with the ball towards the basket. It was it just it just wouldn't go in, right? Even the free throws. So you can kind of like 
mitigate the problem that you can't score by like doing everything else, getting steals, blocks, you know, jar, uh, drawing charges and stuff. But even, like you can't play four on five and expect to win because that's essentially what was happening, right? He was literally a zero offensively. Like he had a couple, of, like a few, a handful of assists. He had eight, right? But like, if you can't, you if you have no, if you make no threat to the defense, then it's like I can't. It's hard. It makes it always comes down to like, can I play you if you don't even like threaten the defense? Obviously, you're supposed to play him because he's a starting point guard, right? And he's like one of the most essential members of the team. But um. Dude, you need to contribute something. (laughs) Yes. Something to like, just like, even there's just like even possessions where he's like wide open. It's like, this is a training, like this, you know, uh, this is a practice shot. Right. And if you can't hit those and like, I don't know what to do. Like you have to play him. Right. But there's no, I don't even think he can be outplayed by somebody for his spot, but you got to hit something, bro. Like, you got to do something for, for me to continue to play. you. He cannot be just, like, ice cold for the rest of the playoffs. No, but, like, it's not like you're putting Fred Van Vliet in his place to start. I think that's what a lot of people were sort of alluding to. I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think that Fred Van Vliet, by any means, had a poor game yesterday. In fact, that he was hit with 14 points off the bench. It's pretty good. But, look, I'm not at the point where I want to start Fred Van Vliet over Lowry. Um, I don't know if you are, Connor, but I'm, I am at the point where if Lowry, his offensive production is still at a zero, I'm going to pull the leash a little bit tighter and quicker. I'm at the point where, look, like I said, I've, I've said this many times, it's the playoffs, seven-game series. You don't have much time to figure this out. Lowry's firing up bricks again. I want more Fred Van Vliet minutes. I'm sorry. It's not time to be like political, Mr. Nice Guy. I don't care. If Lowry, Lowry ate some... Some whack ass Philly cheesesteak testicle shit from Serge Ibaka, and ever since then can't hit a shot. So I don't know what's going on, but um, I don't, I, I don't know. Like zero for seven, zero points. I, I get the arguments. It's not acceptable. You're a five time All Star, dude. Yeah, but no one's saying it's, it's not acceptable. acceptable. No one's, no one's saying no, no, that. But no, but but he's like, I, I don't listen. This, you're you're getting outplayed by DJ Augustine in the playoffs. Like you have to, it, it comes down to like a pride thing. I don't think like e- even even the shots that he was taking, o of six from three, o of seven from the floor. Like drive the lane a little bit then. If you feel like you're not hitting a three, do something different. Be a little bit more creative. But it's like he didn't even want to do that. He didn't even want to attack the rim. He didn't even he like, he had no motivation to get involved in that. And that's that's fine if you're if you're giving up. 15 uh, 10, 10 to 15 assists a game and getting boards and being st- a stout on the defensive end. But come on, like, man, it, I, I would rather Fred Van Vliet to me was aside from Kawhi Leonard, Fred Van Vliet to me was the MVP of last night's game. Because Fred Van Vliet stabilized Fred Van Vliet stabilized. Connor, that. Kyle Lowry did not. <laughs> Kyle Lowry did not stabilize, man. And Fred Van Vliet did, and they felt and, I, and it looked like they felt more comfortable with Fred Van Vliet on the floor than they did with Kyle Lowry. I just have a co- I have a question about Kyle Lowry, right? Sure. What about his gameplay, or about him, just creates a, this like next level brickage that happens in the playoffs? Bad luck, man. I don't know because <laughs> he's getting the same quality. He's he's getting the same quality of shots. 
or it looks like it. I mean, in this game, he was definitely getting, you know, wide open looks, but it's, it just never goes in. I can't answer that. Is it just, is, am I, are we just down to like, he just always misses in the playoffs? Is he getting jittery? Like, what is the thing? I think it's mental. I think it's, half, yeah, I think it's mostly mental. Last year in the playoffs, Lowry shot 51% from the field, 44% from three. Uh, no one's going to talk about that. No, I understand that. I understand that. But there are ga- there are always games like this. And this doesn't happen with any other all-star player where you score zero points. No. Zero. But we, we've seen all-stars crater at times in the playoffs. I think Westbrook has had some really bad games. Even James Harden has had some really bad games. Stars really, unless you're like Le- LeBron or... I forget who else, but like every, I, I remember looking up last year because everyone was railing on DeRozan last year. So I remember looking up other All Stars that had had shit games, and like it happens. Um, it shouldn't happen frequently, but it happens. Yeah, the frequency is the problem. It's the it's frequency. Not just, it's not just the frequency. It's maybe save for previous years, but this offense, I'd argue, relies a lot on Kyle Lowry's playmaking. Um, yeah, you still have Kawhi Leonard. He's the top dog in, on the floor. I get it. But with those other all-star players, perhaps they have other players around them to sort of mitigate that. Um, yesterday, there wasn't that sort of presence. Like, when you eliminate... And it's not like the Magic even eliminated Kyle Lowry. He eliminated himself, right? Because we're talking about the open looks that he had. We're talking about the quality looks that he had. They just didn't fall. So Kyle Lowry's not scoring. They're not winning games. I don't know that the other four members of the team can pick this up for him. So it, it, I feel like it's crucial that he has to perform well. He has to put at least some points on the board. And I hope that this isn't the the norm. I don't think it is. It, it can't be. Like, scoring zero points in the playoffs, this is not a repeatable performance. He's going to score. But it depends on how much and how aggressive he's going to be on the floor. Because yesterday, I just wasn't seeing it. Can I just get in one thing about Fred Van Fleet? Yeah, um, yeah. So I've been in this corner since day one, even though his... Rookie stats were pretty bad. He looked like he belonged. I bought in. His his defense re- really hasn't been as good as last year. Last year, he was a good defender. Um, so I don't know what's happened. Could be injuries. I don't really want to say that. Um, but, like, yeah, he could, he could give us shots for sure. But, like, if you're just giving them back on the other end, I, I, I'm not making that switch. Um, obviously Kyle Lowry, he cannot continue to shoot this way and the Raptors w- win games, uh, because like, like even if somehow like Kyle Lowry doesn't make a single shot in this series and we beat the magic, we're just losing in the next series. Like the Brooklyn Nets are just going to beat us. So, um, the Nets. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even that you said the Brooklyn Nets are going to beat us, but the fact that you said the Nets instead of the 76 I mean, I'm kind of with him. I don't know. Okay, we can talk about this after after we talk about the Raptors. But I do see the. I'm like, you know, I was watching that game, and I'm like, yo, I think the Nets can like win this. <laughs> yes, yes. No, I, I, your point's taken, Jordan. I, you have defended Van Vliet a, a lot, um, and for good reason. It's just I don't. I'm not ready to 
to put him as a starter, as I said. But I am ready to pull the trigger a little bit more because I feel like offensive production, if you lack it, I think that's more glaring than a lack of defensive production. Or is that just me looking at the optics of being offensive obsessive here? I think you can get he can get it. I think this team out of any other team, it's more built for him to be able to do this or for this to happen where it's like super severe where he can't score because there are just so many other options now. But like, bro, you need to put the, the ball in the basket. I can't have somebody on at my, least two free throws. Yeah, the free like not even the free throws, bro. That's like that's like the thing that that's why I asked. I'm like, what is happening here <laughs> where you can't even hit the free throws? Not even one out of the two free throws. You miss both. Right. Like even if you miss one, your percentage chance of it going in on the second one is like it's higher than the first attempt. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Okay, before we hop off Kalari, I do want to say like I I do like Kyle like as as much as I hated on Kalari in game one, like I'm I'm still a fan of Kalari and I do like his game. It's just when someone struggles that much in a playoff game, I think that the leash has to be a lot tighter. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even care if it was uh, any other player. Like it's just, we're using Lowry as an example here, but um, the Nick nurse in this kind of, this, this is kind of Nick nurse's fault. I think in a sense, um, I, I think that Nick has to be a little bit better in his rotations. And if he's going to keep Lowry out there, um, I think that he needs to sur- surround him with either better play calls for Lowry to get him going, or he needs to do something to get Lowry's confidence and say, Hey, Lowry, like drive the hoop or do something different instead of trying to take threes. Cause that was six out of seven of your shots and they weren't falling. So do something different. I don't know. I just think that if you're going to keep him out there, that's fine. I like Kyle Lowry and I think that he's a, he is a great point guard, but something need to be done differently. That's, that's all I I'm saying. I don't know, man. How much better can you get than wide open? <laughs> Like he was literally wide open for a bunch of his I, shots. I know, I understand that, but the range, the range clearly wasn't there. So then, let's try a different shot. Let's try a different approach. But then you have to sort because, of balance yeah. out getting him back into rhythm. Like that's the point. You can't just isolate him to to the inside. Like he is an outside shooter. Most, most well, of no, the time. I get no, 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 no. I get, I, I understand that. But how many drives have we seen Kyle Lowry take? And Fred VanVleet's almost seemed to pick this up, where it's like he uses his body really, like in a crafty way to go up against a Vooch and, and put the ball in over Vooch, right? Like he, he does these things really well in the inside game where I think if he hit shots like that, it might give him, um, well, I don't know if, if, if it was a confidence issue from three after missing wide open shots, I don't know, but it might've gave him some confidence to start hitting those. And then, um, defenders might have played off of him a little bit more, even too. like, I know that his shots were wide open, but, defenders obviously aren't purposely leaving him wide open. He's a good three point shooter statistically. So um, I don't know. I just say, I think that there should have been a little bit more to his game than, than what was done in game one. That's all. All right. Um, I want to, I kind of want to move on to the, to the magic side of the ball. And I want to know what you guys think we, uh, or sorry, the team, the Raptors team needs to do to sort of pick this back up. So, um, I don't know if you guys paid a lot of attention to how they were moving the ball or how they were uh, going about in generalizing their possessions, but it seemed like it was a lot tighter than what the uh, Raptors were drawing up. So having said that, look, we, we talked about no one taking this Magic team seriously in the sense that no one predicted them to win this series. No, I, I don't maybe Save for that one guy, no one really thought they had a chance. In fact, after I actually had the, the Magic broadcast on at the end of the game, 
And even their announced team was saying, do they have enough to squeak in another win against the Raptors? So it seems like even their their supporters aren't really thinking that they have a chance to win this series, which is kind of pathetic. But I thought they were going to win this series in five. All right. Um, a lot of people had a sweep. I think that if this goes six, we're in trouble. So, Connor, what did you notice about how the Magic uh, utilize their possessions, and what do you think the Raptors have to do to end this series and really claim it as their own? Well, the the big thing that I noticed is that Orlando hit open shots, and the Raptors didn't. I think I think that the I think that Orlando got really good production from guys that they weren't expecting to get really good production from. The next upcoming Curry and DJ Augustine, and you know it's. It, Getting getting production from guys that you're not expecting to also really helps the guys who you're expecting to get production from almost sort of ease up and say, well, great, maybe I don't have to have a career game tonight to beat the Toronto Raptors. And maybe I can create opportunities for this guy who's super hot to get the bucket. So um, I think that a lot of things clicked right for the Orlando Magic. And I think that they played really well defensively too against Toronto. Even though Toronto missed open shots, I still think that the Orlando Magic played well defensively. Um, I heard a stat that out of nine games, or there were nine games in the NBA regular season that Toronto Raptors were held to under 100 points, and the Orlando Magic accounted for. Um, I think they, I think they said like from uh, up for the regular uh, time, like not including overtime. I believe they said the Orlando Magic accounted for a couple of them, either two or three, and I can't remember now off the top of my head. But Orlando has always been one of the more defensively stout teams that plays the Toronto Raptors. Um, obviously, they held them to 101 points, so not that far off. And the Raptors did miss open looks, but um, the Orlando Magic do play very tough defensively, and they are very. Um, their length is is really difficult for the Raptors. I think that they that they're a lot bigger than the Toronto Raptors team, and that kind of gives them fits. And maybe that's why they tried to settle on the outside and take those shots. But um, at the end, the Orlando Magic just hit their open shots, and everything kind of clicked right. And things didn't click well for Toronto, and the Raptors only lost by three. So I'm trying to take positives away from it, even though it's a disappointing loss. I'm trying to say, well. Chances of DJ Augustine having this type of game again and chances of all these things going right for the Magic and all these things not going right for the Toronto Raptors is slim. So uh, I, I think that it was just a great execution and game plan by Steve Clifford and the Magic. And uh, I'm, I'm thinking that it's probably maybe only going to happen one more time and that's it. I just think the Magic played super well defensively, made open shots. I think they shot like I want to say forty eight percent from three. I don't know if it, hold on a second. Yeah, forty eight percent from three. That's a nuclear level. So if they just shoot like an average or even slightly above average percentage from three, uh, they lose the game. So like, there's a lot of things that just went right, right? Like everything just happened to break uh, the Magic's way, and like there was a bunch of things that like you know for the Raptors where it just didn't make any sense that this is happening or like. It just went like, you know, in the most catastrophic way possible. But if like these teams just play like, you know, even if it's a playoff game and it's just like average Raptors effort versus average to even high end magic effort, the Raptors should win. So I have a feeling like we're just going to look at four games in a row where the Raptors just like, I don't even know if they smoke them, but they're going to win it pretty decisively. And we're going to be like, man, game one, that was weird. 
Well, I don't. I, I honestly don't think they have to do much. Just like Nick Nurse can't be stupid. Like talent level, it's it's not even a question. And I think um, talking about the Orlando Magic defense, that was very good. Uh, I believe in the first half. I think we were like down like 15s at some point in that second quarter. Yeah. Um, but I don't think like their defense was a massive problem for us in the second half. Um, also the the one thing that like all Raptors fans and, uh, Raptors people were concerned about was Jonathan Isaac shutting down Pascal Siakam. Yeah. Yeah. That didn't happen. No, no. Pascal Siakam is good. He ain't getting shut, in, shut down by Jonathan Isaac, a regular season, whatever, like Pascal Siakam. He's really good. Kawhi Leonard was also really good in this game. I'm I'm from a talent perspective, I'm not worried at all. I like it really comes down to what what could what could go wrong is Nick Nurse. Play your best players, play them a lot of minutes, and like we're not gonna lose. Like it's just not gonna happen. Like I could see uh, in another matchup where the other team's actually good. Your Lego Magic aren't good. I don't care what anybody says. Like, who who on their team are you actually scared of? If 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 we're taking this one game aside, for not looking at this one game that just happened, who are you scared of on the Orlando Magic? If you say Terrence Ross, I'm I'm done. I'm done with this podcast. No. <laughs> no, I, I think the, the only the only candidate is Vucevic. That's it. Like it, it, and you can make an argument for it, is what I mean. For for sure, I think Vucevic could give us problems if he stretches out on us because I think, um, as I mentioned, Marcus is slow. Serge Ibaka is also slow. Um, that could pose a problem. But I think then you just switch Pascal Siakam uh, onto him, and I think it it, it would be fine. But um, yeah, like Vucevic is a, a fringe all star. Like. I'm I'm not ready to glorify him. Um, it's like what Nets fans are doing with D'Angelo Russell. He he's not even like Russell wasn't even a fringe all star. He was an all star replacement. Like <laughs> uh, it bothers me sometimes. But the the one thing I I want I want to really go back to was you know everyone always went after DeRozan for the analytics, like those on-off numbers that showed like he was bad or whatever. But like the analytics in this case show Lowry was good and somehow. Um, and the analytics people ignore that. Uh, everyone ignores that. It's like I people need to pick a lane. And then also it's like um, everyone was like happy when Lowry is playing like well in March. Oh yeah, thank God we didn't trade him for Conley. Now it's gone the other way. It's like, why didn't we trade Lowry for Conley? It's the same people. Pick a lane. I don't care if you think we should have made that trade or not. Pick a lane and stick to it. I'm tired of this recency bias. One game? Fuck out here. Well, look, dude, this is Raptors fans in a nutshell, man. People get unnecessarily emotional after bad losses. Like This isn't anything dissimilar to how it is in the regular season. Right, and it's only amplified in the postseason. People get really upset, and people get really concerned when there's bad performances. So, 
Um, I, I, I know it's frustrating. I get it. But at, at that point, just mute them, man. Because I, I didn't even visit Raptors Reddit yesterday because it's probably just a, just a bunch <laughs> of craziness on there. I can only imagine. So, Did anyone go to Raptors Reddit yesterday? No, I avoid... Whenever the Raptors lose like big games, I just avoid all things Raptors until the next game. Yeah. Straight up. All right. Well, look, there were some positives to take away, as we mentioned. We touched on them a little bit. But look, besides only playing north of 33 minutes, Kawhi Leonard was pretty good. Like I remember in the beginning of the game, he sort of busted out, and I, I was very confident just with him right out the gate. I would like to see him use his physicality a little bit more and his presence. Um, he, the, I know a lot of people get upset with the referees yesterday. I don't think it was that unevenly called, no. if at all. I thought it was I thought fine. It was good. Like, I, think both I thought the game was called well. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I think it was 19 personal fouls per team, I think, or thereabouts, or something like that. It was it was pretty even. Um, it was a pretty physical game, though. I love it. I will I will note that it was like a physical game. Like people were getting knocked down, and there was no calls. People were like driving into arms, and there was no calls. I like physical games. Right, but I just want to, you know, note that it was a physical game. Yeah, look at MCW. Got busted open. Yeah. <laughs> yo, and I was, yo, you know how bad the game was going when he got injured? I'm like, fuck, man, maybe we'll catch a break. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was like, <laughs> he was like hitting threes from the corner. I'm like, yo, what is happening? 10 right day now? MCW. That's what, that's the legit why the Magic won, because Michael Carter Williams hit yeah. two threes. Yeah, he hit two threes from like, the corner. That, that, that's why they won. I'm not joking. <sighs> All right. Well, having these these positives in this game that we're, we have to really search for, but they're there, I think the Raptors have an opportunity to sort of build off that. Um, like we've been saying, I don't think Augustine's performance is sustainable. He's not going to be shooting 80% from three. He's just not. like that. If you think that's going to be sustainable throughout this entire playoff series, uh, you haven't been watching basketball. It's just not going to happen. I do think he'll be he'll play well. Don't get me wrong, but I think the Raptors are going to make more of a concerted effort to kind of keep on him. Um, Aaron Gordon, to Kawhi's credit, really, I mean, he had his moments, but I didn't walk away from that game saying Aaron Gordon killed us. Um, I, I I guess in terms of, you know, body type, it's good to have Kawhi on him, and maybe that's why he was such a non-factor for the majority of the game. But I would like to see Kawhi a little bit more involved in defense and switches and stuff. Otherwise, I don't think that he played that bad. I don't know what you think, Connor. Um, no, I don't I don't think so. Um kind of agreeing with everything that you've said. I mean, like there's there's nothing really much more to add to that. I don't I don't think that he that he played bad and I, I don't think that that should be a narrative. Like I don't know about you guys, but that's that's sort of where I'm at. Well, that was I, great. I, yeah. <laughs> he hit that he hit that clutch jumper yeah. that put us up. I, we were up. Yes, yeah. He was, he was our he was our MVP. Like I don't I don't know why that's a yeah. All right. I guess I'm just trying to uh, to uh, borrow some positives and to make people the <laughs> listener feel like it's not all doom and gloom. Like we're gonna be okay, right? If no one thinks we're gonna lose this series, right? Everyone is no. okay. All right. I mean, the like sky is falling. Yeah, it always does. It is. <laughs> but look, like we can we we alluded to it and we can touch on this before we wrap it up. But um. Round two is going to be interesting. Now, whether or not you think the Nets can break out of this, I think they can. And I, look, if the Raptors play the Nets, I, I'm i in a point right now, and call me crazy, I bet you a lot of people listening Don't to this will, it. I'd rather play the Sixers. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I'd rather play the six. I'd rather play the Sixers. Than the yeah, bring them. Let's go. Sixers are all smoke and mirrors, bro. Yeah, they're a terrible team. They're a ter- they're a terrible oh. team. I'm sorry. They're a terrible three seed. I'd rather play 76ers in the Brooklyn Nets. Oh tomorrow. my goodness. What what have we what, what has happened here? <laughs> what has happened here, guys? Okay, you know what? When I watch this, we can talk. You want to talk about the game? Because yeah. like I actually had thoughts. Okay, so when I was watching the game, um the biggest issue for the 76ers is like they can't shoot. And that's a problem in like modern NBA, especially the playoffs. It's like the only person that can shoot on the team, like you can reliably expect to shoot well. In any ways, like J.J. Redick and Tobias Harris. Yeah, but he sucks in the playoffs. He's he chokes in the playoffs. It's not that he chokes. It's like his uh, what he does. Like you can like um, you can key on that. You know, you can be like, yo, just make sure you stay attached no matter what. Never detach yourself from it, right? And he only has yeah. like, you know, he can only curl into the lane and maybe pull up for two, or maybe sometimes he has like a curl for a layup. But other than that, those are like you know probably like four of his points, six of his points a game, right? So if you're reducing J.J. Redick to a non-shooter, right, then the only person that can shoot on the team is Tobias Harris. And that's, you know, that's it. You just pack the paint. They literally weren't even guarding Ben Simmons unless he got to the free throw line. (laughs) Like, seriously. Like, he had to get to the free throw line to draw a defender. So, they're again, it's like they're playing four on five on offense and like I don't know I don't know how that team really works like it has, I don't, don't even know I, that's why I don't even know if they'll be able to pass the net that's what I'm saying no that's why I would rather 76ers yeah. thanks for making I would game. much rather face the 76ers <laughs> no, but it's just like the sheer talent level I think is the only thing like that is uh that is intimidating to me about this 76ers team but it's still four on Jimmy five Butler, Jimmy Butler about to pull four 76ers training staff and just obliterate the <laughs> starters yeah, play man. Practice like on paper they should be very good like I, I don't trust Embiid's longevity his health throughout this entire playoff run even if they make it to the second round um I I, I think Jimmy Butler is the most selfish player next That's to LeBron cancer. James it, yeah in the NBA um if it's Sixers, Raptors. Wait, hold on a second. Wait, whoa, whoa. You just called LeBron James a selfish player? Absolutely. LeBron James is a selfish player since when? What? what? Since he I'm, tries I, to I guess trade I mean all more... his teammates. And... Yeah. yeah, I guess I mean off court. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. okay, 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 okay. okay. I agree. Um, um, I, I, you mentioned the five on four. It will be exactly that when Kawhi shuts down Simmons and makes him completely invisible against us. It, it, I think the Raptors would have a much better chance because, like you're saying, they have no shooters. They're like they they have no reliable shooting, save for Harris, right? So I think that the Raptors could take the Sixers. I think it would be a six or seven game series, Not but I, I think the Brooklyn Nets, the unpredictability of that, is a little bit scarier. Okay, can I, can I just wait weigh in I here? Mean, yeah. Okay. Of course. So the reason why, um, the Nets beat the Sixers. That was coaching. Yeah, the that coach was, is so good. Kenny Atkinson is, is a top five coach in the league. So Brett good. Brown is not a top 20 coach in the league. Um, and if we're talking about, you know, five V fours, Damari Carroll, what are you getting out of him on offense? I, <laughs> I know he got some buckets early in that game, but yeah, Damari Carroll, you can, defenses can forget about him. 
Man, he 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 runs like he's on a blue chew. <laughs> but the thing I is, for Damari Carroll is like, at least he'll like uh, he he even serves as a facsimile for like he may shoot the ball, right? Ben Simmons doesn't even shoot the ball, like he never looks at the rim unless he's in the paint. So like, there's a difference between. For them, it's like 4.5 versus 5. This is like a legit like 4 versus 5. Ben Simmons will not shoot it. He won't shoot it. He can't He can't shoot. He won't shoot it. He doesn't even... I don't even know how to describe. Like He just will never shoot it. It will never leave his hands to go towards the rim. I'm trying to figure out then why you're more afraid or more trepidatious against the Sixers than the Nets. Because Embiid is better than, than Russell. But you trust his longevity? Yeah. Why not? I don't trust his ability to stay healthy because he was questionable yesterday. And if anything, the series is going to get even more physical. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I think, I think Simmons is better than, or not Simmons. I think Embiid Embiid. is just better than Russell. So that's, that's basically it. I guess in a nutshell, he's also better than Russell. Oh God. He's a notorious Raptor killer, but I hate him so much. (laughs) I guess in a nutshell, we're still saying Raptors are winning the series period against the Magic, right? No one's dissuading themselves. No, from that. yeah, yeah, yeah. As depressed as I was about the game, like I, I wasn't ex- like you're not expecting Raptors to go 16-0 in the playoffs. So like, whatever. You might as well start with an L now and then go 16-0 the rest of the way. All right. Well, then let's <laughs> let's close this out with uh, the number of game predictions. I'm still saying Raptors in five. I think that this is sort of a wake up call, and I think Kawhi is going to take the reins and push this for the next four games. I think they're going to win. Um, Jordan, what say you? you think Raptors in five, six, or seven? I think going into this series, I was thinking five or six. Um, I'm going to say six now because I, I don't think we're going to win four straight. I feel like that's a tough ask, but uh, I think we can win in six. I think it'll be like like Washington last year. Uh, it like it won't end up looking close in the end because we're just so much more talented. Kawhi Leonard is going to beast at some point uh, in these playoffs and drop a career high. I predicted that, and it's going to happen. Like his career high number, I think he what did he have this? Was it forty five or something? That's low. He's gonna bust that open. We're saying fifty. Okay, I like it. <laughs> Demar, what say you? Uh, I predicted a sweep um, at the beginning, at the beginning. Uh, and then they lost this one by three, barely. Marcus Gasol makes the shot, and then we're like, oh, see, I told you. <laughs> it's a sweep, guys. Told you. But like now it's like, um, I think it's just a five-game series. Yeah. Right? I don't, I don't, this is like top-end magic, bro. This is the magic, like, when the magic happens for the magic. <laughs> Like this is the best. This is the best thing that could have happened for them. Game winner, you know. Like DJ Augustine became like the you know the next version of Steph Curry. Like I don't know what else you want from them. Maybe Vucevic could play better, but like you know, this is it. Okay, I can't. This is like the worst I've seen the Raptors play in a very long time. Uh, worst I've seen Kyle Lowry play in a very long time since last playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's a year ago. That's a year, bro. That's a very a year is a long time. So it's just like this is the I'm like, man, the Raptors like suck ass right now. Like really. So like if they just like, you know, suck less, uh the magic come down to earth. I don't see the magic beating the Raptors on like a regular playoff game. I don't know. That's a that's a five gamer to me. All right. Connor, what's a Well, I had a gentleman sweep of five to start, but um I was not anticipating the magic to take game one. 
I thought it was, I thought the Raptors would take care of their business at home and lose either game three or four in Orlando. Um, I'm going to say six. Uh, I'm going with Jordan on this one just because I think that it's going to be a tough ask of the Raptors to win four straight. And I do think that Orlando will take one of game three or four in Orlando and the series is going to come back to Toronto two two. Um, that's just my prediction on it, but uh, I, I'd love to be wrong and say five, but I, I just I think that is going to be very tough for this Raptors team to win four in a row against a pretty hot Orlando team. Like, give them credit; they finished the year twenty-two and nine. So uh, you got to give them credit where credit's due, uh, and and they're playing them pretty well defensively. So I'll say um, I'm still confident in the Raptors. I'll take them in six. All right. Well, look, if I alluded to this earlier about the broadcast team for the Magic being shocked and not really being hopeful for their uh, journey throughout this playoff series. I actually know a Magic fan, and I was kind of texting him during the game. And he, at the end of it, he's like, I am absolutely shocked that they won this game. I don't see them pulling through, uh, I'd say, at most six games. That's what he said. So I guess this rings true to what you guys are saying, either five or six, when their fan base isn't even that confident. So much so, I'm I'm interested in seeing the turnout in Orlando. Really, I am. I don't think it's going to be that threatening. Orlando fans? Orlando has fans? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like Most of the people in Orlando are either going to Disney or they're retired. So it's yeah. not like they're going to be there being loud and proud. So I think that works in the Raptors' favor. Like, this isn't a Philly uh, hometown uh, game where they move their own players, rather. And uh, it's not Milwaukee either or Boston. So I think that works in the Raptors' favor on the road. There's, it's not an intimidating crowd, or at least I like to think it's not. Yeah. What's with Philly booing the players? Like, yo, this is game one, and like it, the half are already booing the team. Yo, did you see, not to get into baseball, but did you see what they did with Bryce Harper? I don't watch baseball. <laughs> All right, so Bryce Harper, you know who he is? Like, he signed yeah, yeah. with the Phillies. Uh, they booed the shit out of him because he, I think he had three strikeouts opening day or something. In his first game. Yeah, they booed the shit out of him. Great. That totally makes me want to play for this franchise. Exactly. Exactly. This city's a joke. They're turning into Boston. Really, they are. No, they're, they, they're, they're worse. And Boston is way better than Philly. In terms of in terms of like in terms of fans and 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 stuff, I would say Boston is better than Philly. Like Boston wouldn't. I don't think Boston would do that game first game of signing a guy of a superstar caliber like Bryce Harper three strikeouts. You think you think if Bryce Harper's on the Boston Red Sox and he struck out three times in his opening game, new? Yes. <laughs> I don't think I don't I don't think so. Uh you don't live here, man. It's. <laughs> I know. I don't. I don't. But like, I'm just saying. I I don't know. I I think Philly fans are scum of the earth. They booed a man that rehabbed the shit out of his ankle to come back and having a slow start. They booed Gordon Hayward, goddammit. Like, come on. They, they, they are unforgiving. Gordon Hayward sucks. I boo him too. No, but this is... Whatever, regardless. <laughs> all right, all right. So we got the Raptors winning in five or six. They're going to pull away. I, I guess the, the point of that was to remind people that are listening, that are freaking out, don't freak out. Everything's going to be okay. They're going to win this series. Uh, it might be a little bit more uncomfortable than you anticipated, but they will win this series. Um, it, it's it's okay. Like spring is coming. They're they're gonna make a, hopefully a deep playoff run. Hopefully they make it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. So we have more things to talk about. Game of Thrones is coming on tonight. Like everything's okay. Ooh. Jordan, you still have time to binge watch the entire series right now. You probably won't finish it, but if you want to start, I highly recommend it. Um, no, thank you. Otherwise. 
Oh, okay. All right. That's fine. Well, that's going to do it for today. I always enjoy these roundtable discussions. They always are very lively and uh, they enlighten me. So I hope they do the same for you guys. But you guys know the deal. You guys can promote anything and everything you got going on. Let's go Jordan, Connor, Damar. Go for it. All right. So I've been working on a Fred Van Fleet article for about a month. I didn't really know where I was going with it. I still don't know where I'm going with it, but I'm hoping to get that done. Um, buy some wild cherry Pepsi. I was drinking one during this podcast. I'm about to drink another one. Yeah. It's a good shit. Um, if anyone knows how I can get Vanderbilt games next year, hit me up. I want to wa- I want to watch Stackhouse. Um, but yeah, hit me up on Twitter at 416Basketball because I want to watch Stackhouse coach. I want to do it. Yeah. Why did why did the Grizzlies not give him that job? I, like what the fuck? That's a question. Yeah. <laughs> why didn't the Raptors give him that job? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. Connor, go ahead. Uh, yeah, you can check me out on Twitter at to underscore sports views. Uh, you can check out the website torontosportsviews.com or my podcast, the TSV Podcast. Um, I just put uh, put out an episode a few days ago. Uh, just talking about the Leafs in the playoffs and the NHL playoffs. So uh, I know I know you said that you want to get into the NHL playoffs. Uh, and that's probably the best way for you to do so, Adam, is Leafs and Bruins. Uh, right, right, there, right in your hometown and, and see how dirty Bruins players are and how much they suck. They're the worst. The Phillies are the Philadelphia players and fans are the worst in hockey there. Uh, yeah, check check me out there. And uh, if you're a fan of hockey, basketball, or baseball in Toronto, I got you covered. Demar J. Grant on every platform available. Um, I've been writing about music recently for uh, CJRU, this is my university's radio station. I'm a free agent basketball wise. So I'm a free agent actually, just totally now, I guess. It's great. Yeah, sign with someone. Man. So yeah, I'm sign with somebody. Somebody throw me. Somebody throw dollars at me. I'll write for you. It'll be fun. I'll let dollar bills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, with that, we'll we'll uh, certainly, hopefully, do this again to talk about another series. But guys, it's been fun, and uh, take it easy. All right, you too, dude. for listening to the south of the six podcast don't forget to follow us on twitter and instagram at south of the six and subscribe to our show we're on apple podcasts google podcasts stitcher spotify yeah we're everywhere while you're at it if you liked what you heard do us a solid and leave us five stars and a quick review we appreciate it thanks again go jays and raptors